Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. Hi, this is uh, Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. Hey guys, this is Cam York from Team USA. Hello, this is Tim Stutzler. Hi, my name is Noel Gunnler. I'm Alexander Holtz of the Team Sweden. Hey, I'm Dylan Cousins. Hey, it's Phil Tomasino. Hi, this is Devin Levi. Major Junior. Looks back to the point, turns, fires, scores! What a shot! First OHO goal for Shane Wright. Right circle, shot, scores! Connor Bedard has arrived here at the Brad Center, is first in the Western Hockey League. NCAA. Save! Watch out! Watch out! UMass are national champions! The NHL Draft. I am Slash and Kosa. This is Don Gunther of the Emmett Snow Kings. This is Luna McLoom from UGarn here. Hi, I'm Brent Clark. Hi, this is Matt Coronado from the Chicago Steel. This is Ackler LaRue from the Halifax Moosehead. Hey, it's Paul Stones with a two-fall stampede. This is Fabian LaSalle. I play for Lulio. Hey, it's Corson Kuhlman from Brooks Bandit. Hi, this is Chaz Lucius. This is Logan Sandhoven. I play for the Camels Blazers. It's just Wolfis from uh, Lulio Hockey. And more. Bring it! This is the Pipeline Show. Trouble brewing in the Ontario Hockey League. It's playoff season in the NCAA. The AJHL playoffs are almost through the first round, and the uh, chase to the postseason will underway in the Canadian Hockey League. Welcome to the Pipeline Show, everybody. My name is Guy Flaming. Wilhawk Beef Jerky is the absolute best beef jerky you have ever had. Go to wilhawkbeefjerky.com. There are two locations, one in Leduc, Alberta, the other in Spruce Grove, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton, both of them. But if you're in Western Canada and you can't make that drive in, well, you're in luck. They will ship it to you anywhere, any order, any size, vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery, and absolutely delicious. Get in contact with Trent at the location in Leduc. Trevor is in Spruce Grove. And WilhawkBeefJerky.com is their website. Let's get right to the news and notes. And I guess the biggest news out of the OHL this week and this got past me uh, late last weekend. Rick Westhead from uh, TSN reporting that the uh, Flint Firebirds president, Terry Christensen, has been uh, suspended and under investigation by the OHL for making inappropriate racial comments about a player. That has now developed into, uh, as Jeff Merrick reported from Sportsnet, the league has decided that Terry Christensen, the GM of the Flint Firebirds, has been expelled from the league. So he's out. The Flint Firebirds outside, what have they been in the league, maybe 10 years now? Outside of two or three years, uh, there's been a lot of upheaval and chaos around that franchise. Uh, Let's hope they get that rectified uh, sooner as opposed to later and they can get some stability there. That's a good team on the ice. I mean, they're one of the top teams in the OHL's uh, Western Conference. Uh, Jeff Merrick also reporting yesterday, that would be on March 10th, Uh, The OHL is launching an independent investigation into the Niagara Ice Dogs over alleged offensive comments made by people in senior positions on a team group chat. That's what he uh, tweeted out at Jeff Merrick on Thursday. I haven't heard an update on that uh, situation, but uh, obviously not good. Going to look at the uh, playoff races in all the uh, junior leagues that we focus on a lot here on the Pipeline Show. Maybe just to, to change things up, we'll start in the uh, in the NAL, in the North American Hockey League. The St. Cloud Norsemen have uh, expanded their uh, point cushion to seven games over Aberdeen and Minot. 
The Austin Bruins have fallen off that all in the Central Division. The East Division, the New Jersey Titans sit atop with 68 points. Maryland and Johnstown, a good race for uh, seeding as they're both tied with 60 points right now. Maybe the best race atop a division in the Null is in the Midwest as Fairbanks and Springfield separated by just two points and uh, Springfield has two games in hand. Meanwhile, maybe Amarillo is starting to turn it around. They've uh, won two in a row. They got off to such a great start and then went in the tank. They're sitting sixth in the South Division. They got a lot of work ahead of them and not a lot of games left to go. Just uh, 12 games left in their schedule. Most teams have played 47, 48 games. Uh, There are a handful of teams who have played 50 games. It's a 60-game schedule in the North American Hockey League. So some of those races going right down to the wire. And similar situation in the USHL, where in the Eastern Conference, Dubuque and Chicago basically tied. Uh, Dubuque has 63, Chicago has 62 points, but the Steel have one game in hand. 60-game schedule in the USHL, and uh, most teams have played about 45, 46 uh, games. So uh, getting down to crunch time in the USHL. Six teams in each conference make the playoffs, and right now Cedar Rapids and Green Bay are tied for that final spot in the Eastern Division. I think we can look in the West and say uh, the six teams are pretty well established uh, who they're going to be. It looks like Des Moines and Sioux Falls will miss the postseason this year. Really, it's just uh, seeding that will decide things. Uh, that's all that's left to be decided in the Western Conference. We know Tri-City is going to be number one, but from there, it's uh, just a matter of who plays who uh, once the postseason starts. This week, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League unveiled uh, the format for the uh, 2022 President's Cup. That's going to begin on May 5th. The first three rounds will all be best-of-five series this year. Uh, The final, the championship series, will still be a best-of-seven. This all because, remember, they uh, basically took six weeks off right in the middle of the season as uh, COVID became such a problem out east. Uh, So they've pushed the end of the regular season back a month. Well, they got to get it in. Uh, they got to get the playoffs in before the Memorial Cup, obviously. Uh, so they are condensing the playoff format. The opening round will see eight teams from each conference, and uh, they'll be based, they'll be seeded one to eight. In the second round, the four winning teams from each conference will compete against each other. So they'll be reseeded depending on how they finished in the regular season. But you could have maritime teams crossing over and playing against teams from Quebec in the second round. Then you'll be uh, down to four teams, and uh, then the final will be a best of seven. So in the queue in the Eastern Conference, that would be uh, all the Maritime teams and some of the Eastern uh, Quebec-based squads. Uh, Right now, the Quebec Rempart are in first place with 67 points, but with winning percentage, it's the Charlottetown Islanders who have five games in hand uh, on Quebec right now. Then there's some separation uh, to St. John, who is in third. But with eight teams making the playoffs out of the Eastern Conference, really, uh, Bay Como and uh, Cape Breton, appear to be pretty much eliminated now unless they uh, suddenly turned on the Jets because there's, well, with that month off, there's still 20, 24 games left to go in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference. So there's still lots of hockey to go. Trade deadline has come and passed, though, so uh, they don't have any help coming in. Uh, so if they're, if uh, the Drakkar and the Eagles are going to turn around, they're going to have to do it uh, from within. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference, you got Shawinigan on top, Gatineau and Sherbrooke not that far behind. So a good race atop the uh, the Western Conference standings in the queue. Let's take a look at the Ontario Hockey League and the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, the 
highest ranked team out of the OHL, the only team in the league that has uh, already clinched a playoff spot. About 17, 18 games left for a lot of teams. For some, uh, like Mississauga and North Bay, there is only 14 games left in the regular season. Well, Hamilton sits atop the Eastern Conference with 74 points. Mississauga and North Bay are the next two teams, but uh, Hamilton has four games in hand on both of those clubs. So uh, the Bulldogs getting uh, starting to separate themselves. They've won 10 in a row going into this weekend's play. Meanwhile, in the West, great race atop the conference as well. Flint, London, and Windsor all tied with a 660 winning percentage right now. Flint has played three more games than both London and Windsor. So uh, the Knights and the Spitfires have games in hand. They just got to win them. London and and Flint are actually playing this uh, this weekend, tonight. Uh, so big game on the schedule there. The Sioux Greyhounds right in the mix as well. So the top four in the Western Conference pretty much uh, uh, set. Three teams battling it out for the final two playoff spots in the Western Conference. That would be Kitchener, Sarnia, and Erie, just separated by one point. And that's a similar story in the WHL's Eastern Conference as well, where you've got both conferences actually. Separation from the uh, top teams from the bottom teams is fairly significant. In the Eastern Conference, you've got Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Red Deer, who are clearly the class of the conference. Uh, then you've got a pack of Moose Jaw, Saskatoon, and Brandon who are battling it out for seeding. And then it drops down to a third tier where you've got Lethbridge, Calgary, PA, Swift Current, and Regina. Five teams battling it out for the final two playoff spots. Six points separating them, but games in hand here for uh, Regina, who is that fifth team. They've actually got uh, four games in hand on Swift Current, a couple of games in hand on both uh, Lethbridge and Prince Albert. So the the Pats, although they're sitting 11th, they're not all that far out of uh, sitting 7th. So uh, it's going to be a great race, and that could come down right to the uh, the final weekend, which would be exciting for sure. And in the uh, Western Conference, five teams have already confirmed their spots, and uh, Kamloops, Everett, Portland, Seattle, and Kelowna, really nothing left to be decided except the seeding between those five teams. Vancouver, Spokane, Prince George, and Victoria, and Tri-City, I suppose. You can't rule out the Americans. Uh, but you got five teams who are seeking to claim one of the uh, final three playoff spots in the WHL's Western Conference. Now let's get to the playoffs that are actually underway in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Only one of the opening round series uh, was a sweep. That would be the Okotoks Oilers dispatching the uh, Black Falls Bulldogs. Coming into this weekend's play, the series between Calgary and Drumheller is tied. Canmore and Camrose tied. And uh, on the other side, in the North Division, Sherwood Park is a trailing uh, Fort Mac three games to one. The Bonneville Pontiacs look like they're going to be upset by the White Court Wolverines. Uh, 3-1, the Wolverines leading that series. Although Game 5 is tonight in Bonneville, so you can't count out the Pontiacs at home. Uh, Lloyd Minster is a trailing Drayton Valley three games to one in that series. And Game 5 is tonight in Drayton Valley, so the Thunder looking to close out the Bobcats. Meanwhile, you've got the heavily favored Spruce Grove Saints and the Brooks Bandits who got a bye through the first round just waiting to see who they're going to play in round two. Every conference in the NCAA is now into playoff hockey, and I'm picking at least one upset in each conference. The NCHC sees Omaha taking on Western Michigan. North Dakota is hosting Colorado College. Denver will take on Miami, and St. Cloud State is the higher seed against Minnesota Duluth. 
I will pick the favorites in all of those, except I'm going to go with Minnesota Duluth to uh, have a mild upset over St. Cloud State. They are the number uh, four and five ranked teams in the conference, but I don't think Denver's going to have any problems with Miami, and North Dakota should roll over Colorado College. I do believe Western Michigan will beat Omaha, but uh, I think the Duluth-St. Cloud series could be a good one. I'll go with Duluth. Meanwhile, in the ECAC, I expect Clarkson to take out Union. I think Quinnipiac will uh, have no problem with St. Lawrence. I believe Harvard is better than RPI. I'm going to take Colgate to upset Cornell based on their Alberta power. The Young Brothers playing really good hockey this year. And head-to-head this year, they only played two games, but Cornell is winless against Colgate. Jumping over to Atlantic Hockey, I think AIC will take out Bentley. RIT should beat Sacred Heart. Canisius is the uh, the higher seed against Mercyhurst, and I like them. But I will take Air Force to beat Army for no other reason than Frank Serratore. The Big Ten tournament is into the uh, semifinal now. Notre Dame and Michigan. And if there's a team Michigan didn't want to play, it's probably Notre Dame. The Irish 4-0 against the Wolverines this year. I'm going to take them to upset Michigan. I believe Minnesota will beat Penn State. That would, that would set up an Irish Gophers uh, final in the Big Ten. That's what I'm going to predict. In Hockey East, you got Merrimack going against Mass Lowell, a Boston University against Connecticut, Providence against Massachusetts, and a Northeastern against Boston College. I'll take Northeastern and Massachusetts, but I'm going to take uh, BU to upset uh, Connecticut, and I will also uh, take the Merrimack Warriors to take out the Riverhawks. Those are my upset picks in Hockey East. Uh, lastly, the CCHA tournament is into the semifinal. I actually don't think there'll be an upset here. Minnesota State, I believe, will take out Northern Michigan, and I believe Michigan Tech will beat Bemidji State. But that is the uh, conference playoffs in the NCAA. All my guests join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. The uh, Tap House is open in Red Deer, Alberta. If you're uh, passing through, stop by and let them know the Pipeline Show sent you. If you want to place your order online, you go to troubledmonk.com shop. You can place your order online, and then there are three locations that you can pick up your order from. Uh, right in Red Deer, you go to the Tap Room. In Edmonton, you go to the Bonneville Farmer's Market. And in Calgary, it would be the Calgary Farmer's Market. The instructions and the information right on the Troubled Monk website. I always like to look at the uh, latest seasonal uh, brews that they have available. Brand new. I showed up in boots. It's a guava ginger wheat beer. There's also the Heart of Darkness Dark Lager and the Weird History. I'm not even going to attempt. Uber Dunkel Weizen Rock Sour Beer. Not bad, not bad. But of course you got the go-tos, the mainstays, the uh, the headliners, the Juicy Gossip, New England IPA, the Daycation Lager, the Golden Gates uh, Golden Ale, the Pesky Pig, as well as uh, a variety of sodas and spirits, all at Troubled Monk, and you can order all of them online at troubledmonk.com. Let's get to this week's guest list, and we are going to start, and we're going to keep it turned on. The 2022 Draft Spotlight is going to get a workout today. Up first, he is one of the top-ranked players in the entire class of 2022, Juraj Slavkowski, who is uh, playing in Slovakia. Actually, he's from Slovakia, playing in Finland, but just got back from the Olympics where he was the MVP uh, for Team Slovakia. Uh, from there, we are going to connect with uh, Sam Renzel, who is a defenseman playing a high school hockey this year in the United States, in Minnesota, but now has uh, now that that season has wrapped up for Chaska High, he has uh, joined the Waterloo Blackhawks of the USHL. 
Then it's Josh Philman from the Swift Current Broncos getting ready to go play in the CHL top prospect game next weekend. Guy who's ranked inside the top 50 for NHL Central Scouting. My apologies, 51st in North America for Central Scouting. And we will uh, close out this week's show with uh, Ryan Payette. He's a beat writer for the London Free Press uh, covering the Ontario Hockey League. And we focus on the London Knights. So uh, a loaded show for you. Let's get right to it. Uri Slavkoski is in the 2022 Draft Spotlight next here on the Pipeline Show. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Deals inside of the net. Hell, and he scores! There it is. History made in Dubuque tonight. And it comes just a minute and a half into the first period. And Stephen Halliday is the Tier 1 scoring leader. Hey, this is Stephen Halliday. I play on the Dubuque Fighting team. And this is the Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Colton Pareko. Sharp. We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hi, everybody. We are back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. The program is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. We are going to begin this week's episode with a 2022 Draft Spotlight segment, and we'll get to know another player who is eligible for the uh, NHL Draft this July. And my next guest uh, won't have to wait very long to find out which team is going to draft him because Yari Slavkowski is one of the highest-ranked players in the entire class of 2022, and he joins me now. You're right. Welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Hi. Thank you. Um, I'm very good. Thanks. Well, I appreciate you making time for me. You're over in Finland right now. Uh, is this a uh, a busy time for you, or is, is the team on a bit of a break right now? What are what are things like over there? Yeah, it's kind of a busy time because like we all the like COVID things and everything, and now we have to play like more games. Or when it's like closer to the end of the regular season, so it's a little bit busy time, but it's all right. How long until the playoffs start? I think it's two weeks, two or two and a half weeks, something like that. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, how is uh, TPS Turku uh, playing this year? Uh, are you guys going to make the playoffs? Yeah, uh, we should make the playoffs, I think. And but at the beginning, it was a little bit better, like right now. But I hope that we will we will get better and better when the playoffs starts. And how about the way that you have played this year? With with TPS, with the uh, the men's team, you have four points in 24 games. Now, I know uh, players your age playing in that league uh, don't always get a lot of ice time, and we shouldn't really look at your, your, your numbers, your stats, and uh, believe much in them. Um, so how do you feel about the way you have played this year? Well, like, I feel like... like Played pretty well, of course. People usually look or I check the numbers, so it's kind of a hard when when they check my numbers. But yeah. I I think like when 
like people interested in hockey and like scouts and everyone watch my game. I think it, I, I was playing, I think pretty okay. I created some chances, but actually only thing, yeah, the, the points are not there. Does that bother you? I mean, you are an offensive player. You're used to uh, putting up a lot of points. So when you only have four in 24 games with the men's team, uh, does that bother you? Yeah, of course. Like it's sometimes it's hard, you know. And you, I wanna, I wanna make some points and everything, some score, some goals, also with the men's team. So yeah, but I, I'm still kind of like I, I feel it. It will come in when the right time comes. So I'm, I'm still waiting and just working hard. Yeah, you're you're 17 years old, and when you're playing with players your age, uh, like with TPS, uh, the U20 team, you got 18 points in 11 games. So when you're playing with and against players your age, your your peer group, uh, you're a dominant player. So I don't think there's any concern uh, about the numbers that you're putting up against the men. Uh, how have you felt this year, though, when you're playing? Are you feel like you're? I mean, you're listed at six foot four and and 218 pounds. You are a man. Uh, and uh, you, do you feel comfortable playing against other men right now? Yeah, I feel like it It comes with the time like at the beginning. I, of course, was like, I don't know, a little bit like in stress on the ice or like not very comfortable. But as the time goes, I feel more and more comfortable. And I I hope it will just grow and I will. I'll also score some points. But you're, a, I mean, you're big and strong, so you, it's not like uh, you're being pushed around by uh, the other players in the league because you're you're probably bigger and stronger than a lot of them. Yeah, sometimes I feel I I am uh, like I feel I'm strong enough to to play with the men, so, mm-hmm. so that that's that's good. And of course, yeah, sometimes I I feel maybe a little bit stronger, but but still have to work on that. You're right. This is your uh, third year playing in Finland. Uh, what led you to Finland uh, to play? I, I mean, it's actually been five years since you played in Slovakia. But uh, why did you go to Finland? Like what? Like when I was talking with my parents before, I was I was like thinking that I I want to try like to go somewhere to Sweden or Finland, and then I got the opportunity to play in Finland. So I I just I just signed it and. Yeah, now I'm here third year, and I think it went pretty, pretty good. Well, for for maybe somebody from Canada to go to Finland, it would probably feel very different. Was it a big change for you as well to go from Slovakia to Finland? I know they're both in Europe, but they're two different countries. Did it take you a while to to feel comfortable? Uh, actually, I one year before I was in a Czech and living alone, so so I was like pretty okay to be like without the family i get i got used to it like the year before so okay actually the the that first year i i was uh, away from the home it was yeah, it was kind of i miss my parents and friends and everyone so but the the year i, I came to turku that actually that was pretty okay Yuri Slavkovsky is my guest he is a forward with a tps a turku playing in uh, the liga in finland uh, this year uh, against the men, also spending time with the uh, the junior team as well. Uh, we'll get to the Olympics, we'll get to the World Juniors in a moment, but uh, Uri, this is the part of the show where we like to let our audience get to know somebody who is draft eligible like you are, and we'll often start very young for people who don't know uh, much about your background. So 
Uh, tell me where in Slovakia you grew up and, and how old were you when you first started playing hockey? Uh, I grew up in uh, Košice, Slovakia, mm -hmm. like the second biggest city. And uh, I was I was just like when I was five, I, I was skating out on a ri uh, river with with my mom and dad and then my my friend's dad he was and he's still like a hockey coach so once he called me also that if I want to come and come to training and I was like yeah why not then <laughs> since since then I'm, I'm playing and you're a forward but have you always been a forward or did you ever try defense or when you were young maybe throw the pads on and play in net Oh no! I I always wanted to be forward, wanted to score goals and assists. So I I was always first who was attacking. So no, never never defense or goalie. Okay, I mean your uh, your height, you'd be you're uh, a classic goaltender size now. Never never interested you when you were younger, hey? I uh, no 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 no. Maybe outside playing hockey with the friends. Right. But not on the ice. Not on the ice. Have you always been one of the tallest kids in 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 like school? Were you always taller than everybody else, or did you grow really tall uh, late? No, it was always like I was one of the biggest guys and heaviest, so that that was that was pretty good for me when I was growing up and playing with my with guys same age. Right? Uh, have you stopped growing? Do you think? Mm, I hope. I hope. You you hope you've stopped. You don't want to be t any taller. No, I, I feel good right now with my size. So I hope I stopped stopped growing and everything. So yeah, I feel good now. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about the World Junior Championship first. It was here in Edmonton, which is where I live, uh, and uh, you got to play in it. Well, kind of. Only two games this year, and uh, you, you had to play five games last year, but. What is that experience like for you uh, to come all the way over, get all excited to play, and then it's uh, then it's canceled? Oh, it's, it was so bad. I I mean, I think we had a good team as Slovakia. Like we didn't manage to win, but we were so motivated and everything around. And then they tell us that tournament is canceled. So and then fly back home one day before New Year. So it was kind of a mess. But yeah. Uh, at least we enjoyed that two games. Well, it was just the two games. You did play last year, though, as well, the five games uh, at the World Junior Championship. Uh, it will be rescheduled and held again uh, in Edmonton uh, this summer. Uh, now, a lot could change for you between now and then with the NHL draft and, and things. Do you expect that you will play again in the summer, or do you know yet? Mm, I, I, I expect that I will play, but I don't know. Any, anything can change, and... But let's see. But I, I hope I, I will play. Tell me about the Olympics and getting that opportunity. I don't know if that was something you expected at the start of the year that you would be playing in the Olympics. When did you first find out that you would you were being invited to play for Slovakia and go to China? Like so, it was kind of funny because we were at the different rink, like practicing because something was going on in, on our eyes and. We were coming back with the cars and my friend had phone and I just like watched on the Facebook that the roster came out and I was there. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I didn't, like I was, they told us because we played the Olympic qualification and they told us that 
yeah, maybe like a lot of players from this team will go to Olympics and I was mm-hmm. playing like whole season trying to get there and yeah, but I I didn't expect we have a lot of lot of great players and my uh, season in the team wasn't the best, but I got there and I was not bad then at all. <laughs> and and your performance in the tournament not bad at all either, as uh, one of the leading scorers in the Olympic Games. I mean, you led your team in scoring your seven goals. Nobody else scored that many goals. I have to think you're pretty uh, happy about that. Were you, did you? Are you a little bit surprised at how much success you had? Yeah, I, I was so surprised, and I'm still that. I, sometimes I don't believe that I scored seven goals in seven <laughs> games. So, why do you think you had so much success? Mm, I don't know. Maybe my stick was just on fire, or I, I don't know. <laughs> Everything I I shoot, it went in. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, you play 24 games for TPS and you have one goal. You play seven games at the Olympics and you have seven goals. Do you, when you go back now to TPS after the Olympics, are you starting to feel a little bit more confident? Are you shooting the puck a lot more? Yeah, I'm shooting the puck a lot more, but it's still not going in as as I wanted to go in. But but we still have a couple games, and I hope I I I got some. But let's see. You're right. Uh, for those of us who don't get to watch you play very often, maybe we saw, uh, maybe people saw you at the Olympics, and uh, and maybe they didn't over here. We don't get a lot of um, uh, Liga games on TV or anything like that, uh, so we don't really get a chance to watch you play very much. How would you describe yourself as a player? Can you give us a, a your own scouting report on yourself? Mm, yeah, I would say like strong on a puck in the offensive zone. Use I use my size a lot, and I I I would say I can create some some nice chances for me or either my teammates. So just I think that those are the things people can see when when I play. When I ask most players, uh, I say, "What do you have to get better at before you can have success at the next level?" Uh, most players tell me they need to get bigger and stronger, but you're already big and strong. So what is it for you? What do you think you need to improve on the most? I think maybe the skating is the thing now. Like, I but I think it's like always, always. And I think the hockey is getting faster and faster. So I I need to also work on the skating and technique and speed. So yeah, I would say that. Uh, you have a couple of uh, teammates, uh, a fellow countrymen from Slovakia, who are. Uh, highly thought of for the NHL draft as well. Uh, Simon Nemec uh, as, is one of them, and uh, Philip Mayshar. Uh, how do you talk to them about the draft at all? I, I know they're playing in Slovakia and you're in Finland, so maybe you don't see each other very often. But uh, when you're at the World Junior Team together, does it get talked about? Actually, we talk a lot. We we text almost every day, but oh, wow. usually it's not uh, not about the draft. We like. Of course, we we spoke together like what team talked to us and who who is talking to us, but not 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 about the draft. And, but uh, like we speak just like like normal people, not not about the draft. Okay, maybe can I ask you to tell me about them? Uh, Nemitz is one of the the top ranked defensemen available in the draft. I don't know who will be chosen first, you or him. Can you give me a, a scouting report on him? What makes him so good? Mm, I think the way he thinks when he plays and 
I think he's like very good demon offensively and he knows right places and he knows where to put the plug and he's he's great passer as we can see how many assists he has and yeah also a good guy so it it doesn't matter for me who go first it can be him and I will, I will be happy and, and what about Philip Mayshar the uh, he's not as big as you uh, but and you're I mean you both are uh, forwards but you know you're very tall he's not very tall uh, but he's also considered to be a very good player for the draft. What makes him a, a special player? Yeah, he's fast and so skilled, and I don't think I I have seen like a so skilled guy in my age. So I think he's the only one, and that makes him special. What are your plans for next year if you're not in the NHL? I mean, you're big and strong. You could probably play in the NHL next year, but you are young. Uh, if you're not in the NHL, will you go back to Finland or? I know the Erie Otters of the OHL have your rights. Is that a consideration for you? Mm, like, if I don't make the NHL, I think maybe the American Hockey League or then, then whatever the NHL team will say. But right. maybe I would, I would like more to play men's hockey in the Europe than go back to the E Junior League in the to OHL. But let's see. You're right. Do you have a favorite NHL team? Uh, I mean, over there, you I don't know how much NHL you get to watch, um, but is there a team or maybe it's uh, individual players that you, you like to follow? Yeah, I, I I like Toronto Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews, so yeah, that's, nope. that's my favorite team and player. Interesting. Why? Why Toronto? Actually, it's because about like Austin Matthews, I... I like the way he plays the game and he's good offensively, good defensively. So yeah, that that's why. See, I expected it would be a one of the teams that Dano Chara plays for or something like that. But you you tricked me. You picked uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Uri, I really appreciate your time. I wish you the best of luck uh, the rest of this season and whatever happens at the draft. And maybe we will see you uh, in Edmonton for the World Junior Championship in August. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you very much. There's Uri Slavkovsky, who plays in Finland against the men in the men's league uh, for TPS Turku. And uh, I really appreciate uh, the help from uh, the Sports Corporation, Jerry Johansson, is, uh, his representative over here. They helped set that interview up. And to me, this is a guy who should be in that conversation, maybe not even just for you know top five, but for first overall. Uh, you look at his performance at the Olympics, he's also six foot four and almost 220 pounds, 210, 215, 220. To me, he's one of the guys that I look at and I think, that guy, he could be in the NHL next year. He's still only 17 years old. He turns 18 at the end of this month. March 30th is his birthday. And that's why I kind of asked him the question at the end there is, if would he come and play in the CHL? Would that even be a consideration? Great point by him uh, to point out, he because he's being drafted out of Europe, he could actually play in the American Hockey League next year, much like we're seeing with uh, some of the uh, the high, higher profile uh, Euros taken over the last little bit. A guy like Alexander Holtz just comes to mind as, you know, drafted by the New Jersey Devils, but playing a lot of time in the American Hockey League this year. Could that be Uri Slavkovsky next season? I don't see why not. I mean, that size, he's, if he was playing junior hockey, that's why I asked him about the OHL, I think he would just dominate that league. I don't think that would be a, a test anymore for him. He's playing professionally right now against men, 
And again, I don't know how much ice time he is or isn't getting there. The numbers aren't there, but when he's playing with his peers, he's a dominant player. And then he goes to the Olympics, and to me, he's kind of, it's a lot like Owen Power to me. I don't expect Owen Power to be back in Michigan next year. I think he steps right into the NHL. I won't be surprised if Yuri Slavkovsky gives the NHL a real chance next year as well, depending on what team takes him, right? For sure, it's going to be a, a team that uh, didn't have a great season this year. Let's say, okay, my team, listen, uh, those longtime listeners know I'm a Philadelphia Flyers guy. Right now, they're probably picking top 10. If they're in the top five, could he make the Flyers next year? I think there's a pretty good chance he could make the Flyers next year. If he's drafted by Colorado, well, maybe that's a different story because they're at the other end of the spectrum than where Philly is right now. No pun intended, Philadelphia spectrum. All right, but he is definitely one to watch for on draft day. Uh, I think uh, his stock has just continued to uh, go uphill and probably hit a peak at the Olympics. Whatever happens between now and the draft, uh, we'll see. Up next, we're going to keep the 2022 draft spotlight turned on. And uh, my next guest, he's playing high school hockey in Minnesota. Well, now he's uh, shifted over to the Waterloo Blackhawks in the USHL. But Sam Rinzel, or is it Rinzel? We'll find out as he joins me next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Back to Cider, across to Bach. Dominic Bach, great pass in for Stutzler. Slides it back across, they score! Hello, this is Tim Stutzler from Mannheim, and this is the Pipeline Show. Five-time Alberta Junior Hockey League champions, the Spruce Grove Saints, are back and welcoming fans to the Grant Fuhrer Arena for the 2021-22 season. A community-minded Junior A hockey organization offering affordable family entertainment. Tickets to big league hockey at affordable family rates range from $9 to $15 with free parking and some of the best food and drink specials in town. For more information on tickets and how you can become a partner, go to sprucegrovesaints.ca. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hey, everybody. An old man's talking. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. The program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Two locations, Leduc and Spruce Grove. But they will ship it to you anywhere in Western Canada, any order, any size. Absolutely delicious, fresh on delivery. You will thank me for it. That's for sure at wilhockbeefjerky.com. Uh, we just had uh, Juraj Slavkovsky on uh, over in Finland, the Slovakian, who was the MVP of the uh, Men's Olympic uh, Hockey Tournament, draft eligible this year. Well, we keep the 2022 draft spotlight turned on, and uh, this time we head uh, south of our border to Minnesota, where uh, Sam Renzel, defenseman at Chaska High, now on his way over to Waterloo to play the rest of the season with the USHL's Waterloo Blackhawks. Uh, Sam, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to get a chance to speak with you, and this is a busy time for you, a bit of a, a transition. You go from high school hockey getting into the USHL. Now, you've you've already played a handful of games with Waterloo earlier this season, so some familiarity there, but uh, there's always a bit of an adjustment, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's always there's always an adjustment to it, adjusting to the pace and all that, but, you know, I think after one or two games, it, it clicks in pretty quickly, so... Well, I guess the the more recent events was the the big Minnesota State Hockey Tournament for high school, and that's for for those of us who don't live in Minnesota and don't get to experience it. 
it's a beast all on its own, isn't it? For, how do you explain it or how describe it to somebody who's not from the state, what it's like? Yeah, I think it's it's being able to to go out and play hockey in, in front of in front of your town and in front of your whole school and to strive to go to go win the state tournament and that's kinda every Minnesota kid's dream, I think. You know, to have that covered under your belt is pretty special. So well, it didn't work out in the end for Chaska, but uh, a really strong season. How did you feel about the way uh, you and your team played? Yeah, our team played great. I think, you know, we had a little rough spot in December, I think. But I think as our team, you know, we kept getting better every single day in every practice. And, you know, I'm happy with with how we kind of, it sucks to lose, but I was happy with our group and I wouldn't take it any other way, so. And for yourself personally, 38 points this year in 27 games at, at high school. Uh, are you happy with that? I, I, I know that's a, a jump from uh, last year, but that's probably to be expected as you move up uh, a year in your development. But are you happy with that production? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you don't worry as much as, as kind of point totals. I think it's, you know, it's all about winning. And, you know, obviously we didn't win the whole thing, but I think that's what kind of you strive for to do. And, you know, points just kind of come with itself. So. All right, uh, Team SIT Financial Services. That's also in the Minnesota area, isn't it? Yep. That happens earlier. Is that like in September, October, somewhere in there, November? Uh, yeah, it's a league before the high school season starts, where they they kind of invite all the all the Minnesota high school kids that will be playing high school, and and they take the best of the best there, and they you know they put into teams where you know you play games against each other and then you you go out to an NIT tournament that they pick as well kind of like a little all-star and you hmm. you play in a little in a little tournament there so well just to be a part of that's got to be a little flattering yeah it's fun to be with it's fun to kind of play with your buddies and all around in high school and you know you get experience get to get make new friends there and you know it's pretty fun so uh oh your time at Chaska how would you say you evolved as a player? Uh, I mean, you're a big guy now. I imagine there was a growth spurt somewhere along the way, unless you've always been like the biggest kid in your class or, or something like that. But in terms of hockey, how have you uh, evolved as a player? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, credit to to our coach over there with Matt Cook. I think he's had the NXL experience. And I think being able to be the bench with him, it's, you know, he knows the ways of how to get to get to where I want to get to. And, you know, it's pretty pretty special to be with him. So. When you have a coach that has NHL experience, I'm guessing to get the buy-in from the team, fairly simple for him. Yeah, I think, you know, everyone respected him coming right out of the gate and our whole coaching staff. And I think everyone bought in and learning the whole new system as before, kind of at the start of the year. It's It can be an adjustment for a lot of kids, but I think we handled it pretty well, so. Sam Renzel uh, is my guest. He's a defenseman, played at Chaska High this year uh, and moving on now to the Waterloo Blackhawks at uh, Sam, what we like to do in this part of the show is let the audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible. And uh, the Pipeline Show is a junior and college hockey show. So my regular listeners will know all about like the the Waterloo Blackhawks and the USHL and off to college. Uh, but there'll be a lot of casual NHL fans who will listen to a segment like this simply because you're a draft eligible player. And they might not care at all about junior hockey. So for the benefit of those mm-hmm. listeners, uh, let's get a little bit of background about you. Uh, where are you from, Sam? I... Uh... I live in Chanhassen, Minnesota, born and raised here. I, uh, my parents from Cottage Grove, so they grew up there, and you know I've been living here ever since. So, How old were you when you first started playing, and who got you into hockey? Yeah, I was about three years old, I think, You know, whether it was my dad taking me out of preschool at lunch, being able to go skate on a, on a little rink uh, the size of just, 
just ready for three on three hockey. It's, it's a pretty small rink, but being able just to work on my skating and him doing that is, you know, something pretty special that I was able to do. So, have you always been a defenseman, Sam, or did you ever start at forward? Or heck, you're a big guy. Did you throw the pads on? You're your classic goaltender size for today's goalie. Uh, I was not a goalie. Never was a goalie. Never was really a fan of it. But I was a forward when I was really young, and until I switched over to defense, and I think that's how it's kind of worked out. So, how old were you? Do you know? Uh, I think I was maybe nine. Eight, I don't know for sure. Okay, so it's a long time ago. I was going to ask if it helps you become a better defenseman having that experience, but at that young age, does it does it really carry over at all? Uh, I think it does a little bit for sure. I think growing up, you kind of have a little bit of offensive instincts, and you know, you kind of have when you're in one-on-one situations or so, you kind of have a forward mind, and you, know, you kind of think about what they may do, and you know, it can give you a little bit of an advantage for sure. So. Uh, Sam Renzel is my guest, defenseman, uh, draft eligible this year. We'll talk about the draft a little bit here uh, in a while as well. But uh, your choice right now, when you're at your age, a lot of guys will leave Minnesota high school to go play junior, whether it's the USHL. Some guys will come up here and and play in the Western Hockey League. Uh, But you decided to stay back and and play uh, high school hockey. Is that an easy decision for you to make, or were you tempted by going to play junior somewhere else? Yeah, I think I was definitely tempted. you know, USHL was there for sure. It was available to me right away. But, you know, I think I, the more I thought about it, the more, the more I wanted to be back with my buddies and being able to grow as a leader and as a man. I think that's what it was about. And I have no regrets for that. So, Well, you'll finish out this year with Waterloo. And is that the plan for next year as well? I know you're going uh, to join the Golden Gophers, but I think that's in 2023. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yes, I'm a, I'm a junior this year, so I will go to Waterloo my senior year. Yep. Okay, fair enough. But is that important from a, a development standpoint to have a year of junior before that big jump to the NCAA? Yeah, I think it's really important. I think being able to get the taste of, you know, playing with bigger, stronger guys and, you know, you can be able to grow your game and grow little fine details of your game for sure. So uh, for those of us who haven't had a chance to watch you play, Sam, can you give us a, a bit of a self-scouting report? We can look, and I mentioned the, the stats this year, 38 points in 27 games. Nine of those were goals. The sheet I'm looking at says 6'4 and 181 pounds. I'm not sure how up-to-date that is, but stats and numbers maybe don't give the whole uh, uh, the, the complete picture. So uh, fill in the blanks for us. So what do you like as a player? Yeah, I think I'm a two-way defenseman who, who I take a lot of pride in my skating and being able to play every every inch of the ice. But, you know, I like to be creative. I like to join the rush. I like to skate the puck when I can. And, you know, I like to be creative with walking the blue line with kind of my stop and goes and whether it's doing little spins or something like that. But, you know, I like to take pride in defense and I like to be able to shut down top lines and play every situation. So six uh, four and and what are you at now? Or maybe it's the, are you, have you stopped growing? Are you done at six four or are you even bigger now? You know, <laughs> I wish I kind of knew that one, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> not fully sure. I, I could be still growing, but yeah, I'm around 180 pounds, so that's probably about right. All right, but 6'4 is the correct height? Yep. All right, so lots of room on the frame still to fill out, and that, that'll come obviously just naturally, but uh, was it a late growth spurt, or have you always been like one of the biggest kids in your class? Yeah, I think I'm I'm definitely a little bit of a late bloomer. I think I didn't really grow and hit a growth spurt until probably my summer or sophomore year or hmm. kind of around there kind of going into junior year so that's kind of when it really hit me and kind of adjusting to that and still maybe getting out some growing pains a little bit but 
I, I wonder how that translates on the ice, a late growth spurt like that. Some players have told me it, it takes a while to kind of get used to uh, the new body. You know, from the last season you played, you're a little bit taller, lankier maybe, and a little more unsteady or something. Uh, was there a transition like that for you? Yeah, I think a little bit, but, you know, I think I take a lot of pride in my skating and I, I kind of work on my skating all the time. So I didn't think it was a big issue and it was just a matter of working on extending your strides and being able to use my long legs. And I think it's worked out pretty well. Uh, Sam, tell me why the Minnesota Golden Gophers is the right Division One program for you. Uh, does it start and stop with Coach Bob Motzko? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think he's one of the best coaches ever. And, you know, ever since it was, Ever since I was little, it's been a dream of mine to, to go there. So when they kind of came calling, I couldn't really say no. I uh, grow up going to Gopher games? Uh, yeah. That's always, I think, as a Minnesota hockey player, that's, that's if you're able to experience that, I think every kid should. And whether it's going to a wild game or going to a Gopher game, it's it's always a blast. So How far away from uh, Minneapolis is uh, Chen Hassan? Uh, probably around 25 to 30 minutes, I would say. Oh, so really close. So I imagine you were able to attend anytime you wanted to, basically, as long as you could get tickets. Exactly. Yep. Uh, all right. Before you get to that next level, are there things next season or the rest of this way this season that you, you think you really need to focus on before you can have success as a gopher? Yeah, I think kind of, like you said, it's getting stronger, but, you know, it can sound cliche, getting bigger and stronger, but I think filling out my frame for sure. But, you know, I think getting into the finer details of the game and, you know, working on my defense a little bit, whether it's working on my hip positioning or my backward skating, it's being able to use my long stick and being able to close off guys fast and do it efficiently. So I think just refining my game with the little details, I think, is a big one that I want to do. So I asked you, or I mentioned about the NHL draft, and uh, I wonder if it's something that you spend much time thinking about during the course of a season. A lot of guys will tell me they, they try not to. They don't want to think about it at all because it could be a distraction, but there are a number of players who tell me that they actively seek out to see who's got them ranked where, and they use that as motivation. Uh, what about for you, Sam? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm pretty competitive growing up with with two brothers and a sister and being me and the youngest. It's, you know, you always want to be the best. But I think for me, I, I don't look at it. I think, like I said, it's in the back of your mind. You always want to be the best and you want to be on the top, but you can't get too high, you can't get too low. and you know, whether you go undrafted, you rather you go high or low in the draft, I think, you know, it's all what you do after it. And I think that's the way that I like to think about it. So I like that because I was, that was my next question whether you're a first or a fifth round pick, does it really change anything? And it sounds like uh, for you, it, it doesn't, it's, that's when maybe the, the, the extra hard work begins then. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned the wild. Does that make uh, you uh, a Minnesota wild fan? I guess, is that just a product of living so close to the team? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think watching them, it's it's pretty special to watch them right now. And, you know, they're doing well. And it's always fun being able to go to games and or watch them on TV. So, Well, everybody will want to know if there's an NHL comparable. I just I just want to know who was your favorite player growing up. But it doesn't even have to be a defenseman. But is there somebody at that NHL level that you kind of gravitated to and cheered for? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of guys. But I think right now it's just watching Makar and kind of watching all those guys and whether it's just taking that and try to implementing stuff into your own game. But I think he's a pretty fun one to watch. And uh, that's kind of what I like to do. Well, Sam, listen, I really enjoyed this conversation, man. You knocked it out of the park. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way this year with Waterloo and uh, whatever happens in the playoffs and at the draft. And uh, maybe we'll chat again while you're uh, at Minnesota with the Gophers. Hey, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it.
That was Sam Rinzel, who played at uh, Chaska High School this year. Now he's off to join the Waterloo Blackhawks. The Blackhawks will be in action this weekend, and uh, Rinzel will be in the lineup for the uh, USHL club for the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. We've seen that over the last uh, number of years, guys in the same situation. And uh, there'll be a couple other high school players who are definitely on the uh, radar. They're in action this weekend, probably tentatively. I'm not going to jinx it and tell you who, but I will probably have another U.S. high school player who's draft eligible uh, on the program next week. A Mr. Hockey finalist. Uh, That award gets handed out this weekend uh, for the top high school player in the state of Minnesota. All right, next up, we keep the 2022 draft spotlight turned on, and uh, this time we're going to be heading to Swift Current, and the Broncos have a, a trio of players off to the CHL's top prospect game, and one of them is forward Josh Philman. Let's get to know Josh next here on the Pipeline Show, which is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Up now to DeBrus, gains a Tiger line, shoots, scores! Jake DeBrus does it again! Hey, it's Jake DeBrusque from the Swift Current Broncos, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Well, I freaking God! Back on the Pipeline Show with Key Flaming, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. You can pick it up in Spruce Grove or Leduc. Uh, but if you're in Western Canada, you don't have to make that drive to Alberta. You can get it shipped to you. Any order, any size, anywhere out west, vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery, and absolutely delicious. That's WilhockBeefJerky.com. We're going to keep the 2022 draft spotlight turned on. We just got to know a couple of players eligible for the upcoming draft and uh, we're doing it again in this segment this time heading down to swift current saskatchewan and uh, forward with the uh, broncos would be josh Philman. Uh, josh welcome to the program how are things good thanks i appreciate you having me on here um things are going well here in swift i'm really enjoying my time for sure and uh yeah it's going well i appreciate you being available today i appreciate that and i know you got a busy weekend of games coming up so it's good timing to get you before uh, those games start Tell me about the uh, the season so far for yourself and for the Broncos. You're right in the thick of the uh, the playoff chase, so these are exciting times. For sure, it is very exciting. Uh, we're right sort of where we expect or hope to be towards the end of the season. Like you said, just in that hunt with a few other teams for that the last two playoff spots here. So 
um, it would really mean a lot to myself and this team to get some playoff experience here in the near future. Well, and for yourself, but what were your expectations coming into the year? I know because you, you'd played 17 games last season in you know in the the Subway Hub in Regina, that really short abbreviated season during COVID. I don't know uh, what your expectations were for this season, your first full one here in the WHL. Yeah, I didn't set too many, uh, you know, expect hard expectations on myself. The main goal is mainly uh, just to improve and and to sort of uh, emerge into a, a role that the team needed. And so, you know, this year it's happened to be a couple different things. You know, I've played all over the map, different positions, uh, a little bit of power play, a little bit of penalty kill, and a little bit of center, a little bit of wing. But uh, I definitely have emerged as a little bit of a goal scorer for the team. So um, I guess that's uh, sort of been a goal to continue moving throughout the season. It's a big difference, though. Two goals last year in the in, – when I say year, I use air quotes because it was such a short, abbreviated, weird season. But uh, 17 games, two goals, and that was the only points you had uh, in the Subway Hub. This year, you're, yeah, right now as we're speaking, you got 20 goals and 39 points in 55 games. That's a massive jump in ahead in your productivity. That's why I asked if I, if you had expectations coming in because I think I think it would be fair to say you, you maybe you surprised a lot of people here with this big jump in production. Did you surprise yourself at all? Uh, a little bit, you know. I, I've always had a lot of confidence in myself, and I knew I could get the job done and and sort of rise to the occasion here in, in the Western League, but. Um, it definitely does feel good to sort of turn some heads, and uh, I know a lot of people didn't didn't count on me to have the sort of season I'm having right now. At least not this early in your career, but that's awesome for you. Uh, you said you've been uh, playing all three forward positions. Is there one in particular that you feel more comfortable at? Not necessarily. You know, I I feel pretty comfortable wherever. Um, this is sort of been how I've how I've played throughout my career all over the map. So. Um, no, I, I feel really comfortable anywhere my coach is putting me. Have your line mates changed a, a lot then as well since uh, since you've been uh, kind of shuffled over through all three forward positions? Yeah, totally. I've played with everybody. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I literally think I have played with everybody. So um, <laughs> line mates have changed. Um, love being flexible. And it's also about, uh, you know, it's being able to play with different guys and build those connections off the ice helps to play on the ice. Well, and I think that's an asset, isn't it? That you're able to have that, I use the word flexibility. I think that's a perfect word. Uh, that uh, versatility to play all three, four positions, but also uh, different roles as well. Uh, that, that's got to be a great asset moving forward. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I like to think that uh, it's really important, especially in building team chemistry. Josh Philman is my guest. He's a forward with the Swift Current Broncos, draft eligible this year, uh, soon off to the CHL Top Prospect game, which I'll ask you about uh, in a moment. But, uh, Josh, what we like to do in this part of the show is let my audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible. And the, the Pipeline Show is a junior and college hockey show, uh, so my regular listeners will know all about the Broncos in the Western League, but uh, there will be a lot of casual NHL fans that listen to a show like this or a segment like this just simply because you're a draft-eligible player but they might not know, they may have never heard of you before. So for those people uh, that are listening, let's get some background. Uh, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, played hockey since I was about five years old and along with other sports too. I golf a lot, play uh, high-level baseball still. And um, yeah, I, I come from a family of uh, six, my parents, Greg and Leanna, and then I got three, three siblings. Uh, I'm one of the middle child, one of the middle children, sorry. Um, so I got a younger brother who's 11, an older brother who's 23, and an older sister who's 21. Okay, so when you were young, who got you into hockey? Um, sort of just my parents. I mean, my older brother played played hockey as well, and my dad played a little bit of hockey growing up. Neither of them played for 
very long. My older brother actually played college baseball in Canada. And then my dad played uh, university basketball at the University of Manitoba. Oh, wow. So a real athletic family background. You said you also played golf and, and high-level baseball. So are you still playing baseball? Yeah. Do eventually, do you think you have to make a choice? Uh, eventually, I'm sure I will. But, uh, you know, until that time comes, I plan on still playing. <laughs> what position in baseball do you play? I play shortstop. Is there any kind of benefit of playing baseball? Like golf, I understand, because of the mechanics, I guess, would be sort of similar uh, to shooting. But with baseball, other than swinging a bat, is there anything from that sport that uh, that translates well to hockey and vice versa? Oh, I wouldn't necessarily um, say translates super well to hockey. I mean, obviously, hand-eye coordination and just, you know, athleticism is, is pretty important in a game like that. Um, lots of, like, running, hand-eye coordination, you know, footwork, that sort of thing which all helps in becoming a better athlete. But uh, I wouldn't say it necessarily translates directly to hockey. It's more just something that, you know, I, I still really enjoy playing, um, really competitive. And, uh, you know, it gives me something to uh, take my mind off hockey a little bit in the summers. Maybe it's a, more of a mental thing that uh, that is similar for both sports, the competitive nature and the teamwork uh, structure and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Less uh, sort of direct skill relations sport to sport but uh you know being a high performance athlete is definitely a mindset that can be adapted through both josh Philman, my guest uh, josh uh, take me back to the bantam draft and and uh, how you spent that day i know when i chat with players a lot of them will tell me they were at school and following along on their phone or something uh or there was an announcement over the the uh, the intercom at school other guys were allowed to stay home and follow it from there and i know there are a handful of players from your draft class that were uh, in philadelphia at a tournament but uh, what was the draft day like for you? Yeah, I was I was a typical uh, in school. It was actually around lunchtime by the time I got selected. So I was sitting in the cafeteria. Um, I played at a hockey academy in Winnipeg. So a bunch of my buddies were also in the, in the same sort of conversation that I was. And right. We were sitting around the table uh, at lunch and sort of watching our phones. It was a pretty exciting day for me and my family. Yeah, that was the Rink Hockey Academy in in Winnipeg. Now, unless it's the ice that drafts you, you know there's uh, you know 21 other teams in the league. So odds are pretty good that you're moving away. Uh, what was your initial reaction when it was Swift Current going from big city Winnipeg to not a very, very big city? Uh, it's in fact the smallest market in the Western Hockey League. What were your initial thoughts about that? Yeah, I wasn't overly worried about uh, the size of the place that I was going, but I was more just excited that um, you know Swift Current's a great hockey town and it's a place where um, you know compared to Winnipeg, like uh, well, my comparison at least would be you know if you went to a grocery store and saw a Winnipeg Jet there, um, you know. Half the people, probably more than half the people in Winnipeg, wouldn't even have a clue who you are. So I feel like um, when you come to Swift Current, like you're sort of uh, the center of the community and the center of attention there. So um, you know, a lot of a lot of people support you really well here, and it's it's a pretty cool place to uh, play junior hockey. Now it's a franchise that's been struggling the last few years, but you guys have definitely turned the corner this year. Uh, that's got to feel good to be part of that change, that momentum, uh, moving this franchise back up the standings again. Yeah, we've got a great young group here who's got a really solid competitive fire. And I just think that um, over the next couple of years, you know, I think we got 10 fours on the roster. So um, just for, for a young core like us to be able to grow together, I think we've got a really bright future here in Swift. Now you get to go to the CHL top prospect game uh, yourself and Owen Pickering. Seems weird that Matthew Ward doesn't get to go leading your team in scoring. Is that a, a tough subject when you, you know, you're happy for you and for Owen, but also feeling like uh, one of your buddies is left out? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just say that, uh, of course, you know, happy for, for Owen and, and also our goalie Reed and right. wouldn't necessarily, 
like would never take anything away from those guys or, you know, all of us work incredibly hard. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we are, we are all teammates and it's important to maybe pick, pick each other up when, you know, some, some didn't bounce the right way for a teammate, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, he would know that we support him. We all think he's a great player. All right, uh, Josh, uh, for those who haven't had a chance to watch you play with the Broncos, those casual NHL fans that are listening to this right now, how do you describe yourself as a player? We can look and see the stats, 20 goals, 39 points in 55 games, but maybe the numbers don't tell the whole story. So uh, when people ask, uh, how do you describe yourself? I describe myself as a two-way forward, um, can play different positions, can be responsible, but can also take some risks and try and uh, create some offense off the transition, off a scramble. So. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty versatile and, and pretty well-rounded, but uh, yeah, definitely two-way two-way four would be the short answer. All right, and uh, the the WHL's website lists you at six foot two and 159 pounds. How up to date is that? It's pretty accurate. I think I might have put on a pound or two since then, but uh, those would also have been my training camp results. And of course, I was a bit waterlogged at that time, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a little bit inaccurate at the time. But it'd be a little, it'd be pretty accurate now. I think I'd be about six two, one sixty. Um, both my dad and my older brother just developed really late, so I think uh, I'm not really worried about you know the weight and that coming on. But um, as long as you know my smarts and my speed can be there, um, I think that developing weight won't be an issue. Is is speed? Do you think? And obviously you got the height already, and you will fill out. That'll come in time. Uh, but is speed one of your stronger assets? Do you think? Yeah, I definitely say skating is one of my stronger aspects, no doubt. Uh, I know you had a really strong month in in December, and, and since then it's it's been a little uh, tougher to, to hit the score sheet. Uh, consistency, I, I think, for a lot of players your age is something that uh, is can sometimes be a struggle. How do you deal with that from a mental uh, perspective? I think uh, it's it's almost well. I guess it's a little bit of cliche, but um, I think the focus is almost just to not be worrying about points and just focus on playing the right way, 200 feet, and making sure that the work ethic can compete there every night. All right. Uh, what are the things you need to work on uh, in your game the most before you can get to the next level and have success there? Uh, I think uh, number one would just be, you know, um, strength and endurance, being able to play like a, a man's game. And then uh, number two would just be making sure that I, I develop that attack mentality, a bit more of a killer instinct. Shoot the puck more. I, I'm sure your coach tells you to be more selfish and shoot. I mean, the goals are coming for you. Yeah, um, that's definitely a little bit of a conversation. Selfish is the wrong word, but, you know, just knowing, knowing when there's times to sort of try and take over a little bit. Uh, all right, being a Winnipeg guy, does that automatically make you a Jets fan? Uh, or, I mean, the, they probably weren't there when you were little, so uh, did, were you cheering for somebody else along the way too? Not really. I've always been a Jets fan. That's who I cheer for. Pretty much the uh, the team that I watch the most. Uh, is the uh, the NHL draft something you spend much time thinking about, Josh? Uh, I know a lot of players will tell me they, they try to ignore it and, and put it out of their mind because they don't want to be distracted by it. And other players will tell me they actively seek out and search to see who's got them ranked where and things like that uh, and use that as motivation. What about for you? Yeah, I'm not overly worried about you know rankings and whatnot. I'm more just worried about uh, you know the task at hand, winning games with my team, and, and most importantly, I'm, I'm getting better and improving my individual game. Well, everybody would like to be a first-round pick, but does it matter where you go in the draft if you're a first or a second or a fifth or a seventh-round pick? Uh, does it change anything for you moving forward? Uh, not necessarily. Obviously, you know, there'd, there'd be, I guess, a little motivation towards that. You know, I guess um, from past experience with the Bantam draft, you know, seeing guys that taken ahead of you, and I guess it gives you a little bit a drive to beat them. But I, I think the 
you know, the most important thing is that first round or second round or third round or seventh round or whatnot, um, the job's not done. You're not, you're not quite in the NHL yet. And, and frankly, you might not even be close. So I think the biggest thing is just improving every year. Nice. I like that answer, Josh. Uh, uh, the, uh, with the top prospect game, uh, how important is that showcase event for you for, for, you know, put your skills on display for the scouts that are all there and, and assessing you against everybody else uh, in the CHL in, in the draft class. And, and are you going to be comparing yourself to other players there? Yeah, I guess I'll always comparing myself um, to other guys, but I, I think most of all, it's just a really unique experience that, you know, I get to play against other guys from all across the country that I probably have never played against before and, and maybe won't for a long time. So to play against other guys like, you know, Shane Wright and, Another guy's from Quebec. Um, I think that's a pretty unique opportunity, and I'm really excited for it. All right. Lastly, uh, big head-to-head weekend uh, with the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, this weekend, the number one ranked team in the CHL. How do you uh, go about uh, trying to take those guys down? I think the uh, the main goal is just playing fast. You know, if we play on their heels, um, and if we, if we turn over pucks in, in neutral zones and, and p- try to play a scramble game, they're so loaded with talent that well, that might not be that might not be the ideal play. So. Um, I think the way to go about this is just play with speed and, and try and eliminate the uh, the turnovers and the high-danger chances against. Great stuff. Josh, I really appreciate your time, man. Best of luck, uh, not just this weekend, but the rest of the way. And hopefully uh, the Broncos get into the playoffs, and maybe we'll see you come through Edmonton and take on the Oil Kings in the postseason as well. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Josh Philman from the Swift Current Broncos having a strong year, second in team scoring behind Matthew Ward, the the Bronco who is uh, not going to the top prospect game, which I thought was kind of weird. You know, he's an undersized player, but lots of skill. Uh, Philman, slight of build, but uh, tall. Uh, lots of room to fill out that frame. And uh, as he said, he thinks he's a bit of a, a late bloomer in uh, the physical sense. And uh, he's got an older brother and a, and a dad who have uh, filled out, obviously. So uh, he's looking forward to that and uh, wonder what that does for him. Like, I'm trying to think of Josh Philman as a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old. Uh, in the WHL, and that's why the scouts get paid the big boxes because uh, they're able to predict those types of things. She didn't play. He's a consistent player in the sense, maybe not in the production, but in the effort. You know what you're going to get from him every night, uh, at least the nights when I've seen the, the Broncos and the Oil Kings go head-to-head, and uh, let's be honest, the last couple of times we've seen that, the Oil Kings have uh, really run their show, especially the, the last time Swift was in Edmonton, the Oil Kings uh, held them to, I believe it was 11 shots on goal and uh, that was a franchise record which the oil kings just uh, improved uh, and knocked that down to 10 as uh, medicine hat came to town earlier uh, what about a week ago now anyway uh outside of filming there's uh also reed dichter netminder who's going to the top prospect game and owen pickering who i haven't had on the show yet but uh, we'll have uh, before the the draft comes around we got one more segment to go on this week's episode. We're heading to the Ontario Hockey League and Ryan Payette. He covers the OHL for the London Free Press. We'll get an update on everything with the London Knights, the perennial powerhouse, who this year not the top team in the OHL, but we'll get the latest from Ryan next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Jameson starting out of his own zone for the London Knights. Now a pass to Kachuk inside the blue line. Kachuk waits, scores! Matthew Kachuk! The Knights win the Memorial Cup! I'm Mitch Marner of the London Knights. It's Max Jones. Hey, Sully, you want to be a Hey, this is Andreas. Happy to see you. Tyler Parsons. Hey, this is Matthew Kachuk of the London Knights, and you are listening to The Pipeline Show. Thanks, 
Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. And here he is, having the time of his life. Final segment to go on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Absolutely delicious. Unfortunately for my next guest, he can't get it because he lives past uh, the Manitoba border. Uh, You can get it anywhere in Western Canada uh, by ordering straight from uh, their location in Leduc, Alberta. Vacuum sealed and fresh on delivery, uh, but only in Western Canada. Ryan Payette is my guest. He writes for the London Free Press, covering the Ontario Hockey League and specifically those London Knights. Uh, Ryan, welcome back to the program. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, so if there's there's got to be some sort of service where I can get to the, you know, nor- drive through northern Ontario, get to the border and get that food. Well, you, maybe you get to Kenora and maybe they'll make a special exception for you or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Well, uh, big weekend in uh, London as the uh, first place Flynn Firebirds and the second place London Knights in the Western Conference uh, meet head to head, and uh, that that's a huge game in the standings. It's a four point night, and they're separated by four points, so that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, as you know, it's been a crazy stop and start season, and uh, you know, you start to look at uh, the games in hand and the winning percentage, which is you know, like uh, you, you always looked at the point right yeah. in, in the standings but this year has been kind of different because at one point uh the knights had played like nine less games than uh teams like flint but uh they, they've caught up now uh they're only like uh, i think flint has three in hand so yeah it's a real uh it, it should be a barn burner because um the, the teams haven't met in a long time and uh flint looks like they're one of the tops to the flint and the sioux can really fill the net they're they're very offensive minded teams and and London typically uh you know they obviously have some offensive talent but they uh, they like to try to shut things down and be a defensive minded grinding team that makes you earn your goals and uh should be kind of a clash of the uh, of the two uh, you know the, the the way the two teams are made uh, and built uh, it should be a good one and uh yeah the the you know I think uh I think the Hamilton Bulldogs are the class of the OHL this year, but um, you know you can never count out the Western. You know you can never count out the Western Conference. Uh, they always uh, have competitive uh, teams come out of there. It's a good point you make about the uh, winning percentage because they're actually dead uh, heat right now at the with a 660 winning percentage. Both clubs, uh, Flint and London. And interesting when you talk about the goals for and against for these clubs, Flint scores about 30 goals more to this point in the season, about 30 goals more. But they've given up about 30 goals more as well. So interesting dynamic there to, to compare the two teams. Specifically with London, uh, you said they've been playing a lot of games to catch up uh, as they've played so many fewer than most teams. Does that uh, play a role in why they're on a three-game winless streak right now? No, you know what? I I, I think uh, they welcome that, you know, there's in January they barely played any games. So I, I think they welcome the, you know, the kids want to play hockey. And as long as there's, uh, the way the schedule's set up, they got eight in in thirteen days. They're in the middle of right now, and I think I, I think that's the, the kids are excited. 
you know, let's play a game, have a day off, play a game, kind of like that, the, what you'd see in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of a playoff preview. But um, I, I think tonight's problems right now are, um, you, you know, they kind of got leaky. Uh, you know, you can see it for a couple of weeks now that, um, that, that they needed to kind of tweak their defensive system. And then they just ran into injuries. Uh, Brett Brochu, the Canadian World Junior goalie, who one of the best goalies in in, in the Canadian Hockey League, he he got hurt in Kitchener in the first period uh, the other night, and um, you know that that's that was a game in Kitchener where they could have ended this uh, this little losing skid. And then he he hasn't been back. Uh, he might not be back till next week. And um, they've already been missing uh, uh, two defensemen, basically their two anchors on the blue line in. Uh, Kirill Steklov and uh, and Logan Mayu, they're they're two of the better defensemen in the league, and they're out. So you you talk about you know a star goalie and two uh, top veteran defensemen, and uh, you know they're they're reeling, and they're not. And you know uh, we talk about Luke Evangelista and Antonio Straja scoring, you know they're pacing the offense kind of thing, and uh, you know it's a lot harder to do when they're playing in the defensive zone because you can't get the puck out. So uh, there's. Uh, you know the 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 problems are kind of uh, multiplying at the wrong time for the Knights, but you know we've we, we've all watched the Knights for so many years. We know they're going to find their way out of this and uh, be be a pretty competitive team down the stretch and uh, in the playoffs. I'd be shocked if this went on for much longer. Ryan, with uh, Logan Mayu, he he joined the Knights uh, what just after New Year's, I believe. Uh, what sort of an impact did he make? And what was the reaction, or what's been the response from uh, the fan base to have him join the team? Well, it's it's really interesting because he uh, he joined the uh, he obviously was suspended for the first half of the year, and then uh, when he came back, there was no fans allowed in Ontario. Here, there was no fans allowed in the building, so he right. played uh, his first few games in front of an empty arena. Uh, it made a it made an impact right away on the team. I mean, he's such a I, I I compare on the ice to to Washington's John Carlson. I saw John Carlson play here in London 13 years ago, and and Logan has the same sort of um, you, you know build, right shot, uh, does the same a lot of the same things on the ice. Powerful player, good good in the offensive zone. Um, you know should should be become a good defensive player here as as he you know he's, he had only played four OHL games and had missed the season before he came in, but. Um, you know, he, he's been real solid, but he, he's been, uh, he, so he's been banged up. He, uh, he missed, uh, you know, he, he missed those games, uh, in the first half. And then he, you know, he hurt his ankle, uh, in, you know, pregame warmup and not like on the ice. It's what, you know, when the kids jump around and, and get ready to, you know, get, get their, get their hearts pumping and all that. He got hurt during that and missed a bunch of games and then came back and, uh, he got in a fight with Pasquale Zito, uh, uh, last Sunday in uh, in Windsor, and um, when they were t- you know at the start when they were before they threw punches and you kind of you know start grappling with your with your uh, your combatant there he uh, he tweaked his shoulder and uh, and then uh, fell on it uh, at the end of the fight and uh, so so he's he's been out and uh, he won't probably won't be back till uh, next week so it's kind of been uh, it, he's he's only played about twelve games this year and. Uh, you know, the Knights were hoping, um, you know, him and Steklov after the World Juniors to plug them in and them to be to play consistently. But he he hasn't played very many games, and uh, he, you know, uh, you're hoping now you're hoping now he'd be rounding into form with all these games. But you know, you're looking at uh, in April and and in the playoffs when 
he should finally really hit his stride. Well, with he and Steklov both out, uh, Isaiah George, is, does he become the guy now? And I know a lot of scouts have got their eyes on him. I, I don't know much about him except that he's highly ranked uh, this year. Yes, I, Isaiah George, um, been incredible to watch, really. Kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of Scott Harrington, the old world junior captain on, on Canada, just re- responsible in his uh, responsible in his own end. He can really separate guys with the puck. He's 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 really strong for for 17 year old kid, and um, you know there's not a ton of offense there, but you know he'll jump in. I, I think you know by the time he's 19, I think he'd be, be a dominant force in the league. And uh, uh, you know I'm interested to see how he plays in the top prospect scheme and and mm-hmm. against uh, against his peers and see if he can uh, really raise his uh, you, you know his get people talking about him. I, I think people that watch him think he's you know, he's one of those guys where if if you don't notice him, he's he plays a really good game. And you know, I know plus minus people are debate about that, but um, he's had an incredible plus minus this year, always around plus thirty uh, for most of the year. Uh, obviously, on a good team, but um, I, I think he's he's earned that. There's barely been any minuses for for him, so he's he's barely on for any goals. Uh, a really impressive start uh, for the 17-year-old rookie, and uh, just quietly does his job. And uh, you know, you need a bunch of, as much as you need flash and dash. Uh, you need a bunch of those guys too. Ryan Payette, beat writer for the London Free Press, uh, focusing on the London Knights here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Luke Evangelista, the National Predators uh, pick, leading this team in scoring by a mile. He's got 83 points. Strangis is next with 56. For me, it was a surprise he didn't make Team Canada. At, uh, at Christmas for the World Juniors. We'll see what happens in the summer if he wants to play or not. But tell me about his performance this year compared to previous seasons. I know last year there was no season, but this is a guy who seems like he's taken it to a whole new level this year. Yeah, and you know the you know the backstory on Luke is he came in as the first round pick at age 16, didn't get to play very much. You know, it's it's hard sometimes on the nights. They got a lot of veteran guys. Yeah. Never scored a goal the entire season, and that's for a guy that was, um, in minor hockey really lit it up that was uh that really um fr- i know he was frustrated and you know doubt- doubting his, his his ability but he came back uh at 17 and became a complete player played on the penalty kill and ended up on a line with connor mcmichael and they scored they, he scored a, a ton and then i you know he obviously at 18 uh he didn't have a season he ended up playing a few games uh in the hl uh, in Chicago, uh, and then, uh, you know, came back this year and got hurt in training camp, uh, hurt his shoulder and, and missed basically the entirety of training camp and got named captain, uh, a, a wonderful person, uh, one of the, uh, of all my years, uh, 16, 17 years covering the Knights, uh, one of the best uh, character kids I, I, I've come across and, um, you know, a great leader for the team and, you know, really, really just came off that injury and started scoring and, never really stopped there's uh you know what it's not he he doesn't just score goals like he he scores high you know i watched around the league like this guy scores some unbelievable individual goals like where he dekes out two or three guys and a bit like um he's probably the best right shot forward on the night since mitch marner and he's got a little of that magic too uh plays on the right wing too uh you know just like mitch did and can obviously drive lines and plays in every situation uh you know when you get Dale Hunter's game Dale Hunter's trust in London you, you can expect to play a penalty kill and and get out there 
uh, in every situation. And, and he certainly does that. And, uh, you know, we're all interested to see if he can get 60 goals. Uh, be the, be the first night since Patrick Kane, you know, seven to get 60 goals and he, he's on that pace. And, uh, I wouldn't put it past him to get a couple hat tricks here down the stretch and, and get there, which would be uh, incredible for a guy that scored zero goals, uh, at each 60. Who doesn't get enough attention on this team? Who gets overlooked and, and uh, deserves a little bit more uh, uh, more hype or more praise than he's getting right now? And maybe it's just being overshadowed by some of the other guys. But uh, there are always those those players you can't win without that might not get all the glory. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the the, the Knights are pretty good at at finding those guys. But a guy like Sean McGurn, who's who's kind of the the first line center on the team. Uh, you know, Dale likes to mix up the lines a bit, but he he's been so solid. He, he's having a 50-point year. Uh, he's 19 years old. Could be an overage next year. You know, working for that contract got a lot to play for, and uh, he's just been uh, he's he's just been a real nice uh, revelation. We thought, you know, we've seen him a bit at 16 and 17, and thought, you know, he was ready to make that jump at 18, but no season, and and he really came through. He's a big part of the Knights. Uh, what the Knights like to do, you know, if you're the first line center on the Knights, uh, you go back to Bo Horvat and when Austin Watson was here, you do, you take the big draws and you're, you're one of the guys that's counted on defensive end. And, uh, you know, he's, he's done a great job. And if he does come back for an overage year, I'd expect him to be a, a big part of like a hundred point kind of guy. So, uh, Sean McGurn from the Ottawa area, um, he, he's, he's really flied uh, flown under the radar and, uh, and done a nice job for the Knights this year, and very good at the face-off circle. Well, you said that Hamilton's the class of the uh, the OHL this season, but in the Western Conference, is there a team that has been a particular thorn for the London Knights this year that, you know, if they avoid them in the playoffs, that's probably a good thing? Yeah, it's been a crazy year. Uh, I, I find, like, like the Knights are 8-0 against Owen Sound, and a lot of the games were one-goal games. It's unbelievable. Hmm. Uh, you know, like, they couldn't beat Guelph, or, and they can't beat Sarnia right now. Um you know, so they, they've lost five straight to Sarnia, which I don't, uh, I can't remember that happened since Steve Stamkos was on the, on the, on the thing, uh, beating the Knights five, six in a row. And that's a long time ago now. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, I, so I'd say Sarnia, uh, Sarnia and Kitchener right now kind of seem to have the Knights number in the regular season. They'll be, uh, they, they got the goaltending both teams. And, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I think the team to watch in the, in the Western Conference is the Windsor Spitfires with Wyatt, Wyatt Johnson. And I, I think they're going to be a real factor. I'd be shocked if they didn't make it to the conference final. Uh, Flint and the Sioux are, are very high scoring teams, but Windsor's right with them, but seems to have a, 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 you know, better kind of defensive game than, than those two to structure than those two game, teams. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a, a London uh, Windsor conference final, which would be really exciting because uh, it's one of the great rivalries in the league. But you know, first, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised for an upset in the first round either because uh, it's just been one of those years. And, uh, I, you know, I know London probably will uh, have to blink and uh, clear their throat if they are ended up with the Sarnia Sting, uh, who just beat them 8-3 uh, in Sarnia. Um, they, they've been a tough Ty Voigt and Ben Godreau, and they, they've, been a, they've been a tough uh, thorn in the side for the Knights this year. Uh, lastly, uh, Ryan, the uh, CHL uh, has announced, or uh, Hockey Canada has announced, that the Canada-Russia series next year has uh, already been cancelled. Uh, that's always a valuable tool, though, for Hockey Canada to evaluate guys across the country. And, and uh, I floated the idea of, uh, instead of playing the Russians, play an international team 
made up of international players, including the Americans, out of the Ontario Hockey League. So you got that in the WHL and the OHL and, and the Q as well. So a guy like Kirill Steklov could play in a, in a game like that, representing Estonia. Uh, and all the other import players in the OHL. Give me your your uh, immediate hot take on that. I just I just threw that idea at you, and I wonder what your uh, thoughts are. <laughs> it's it's a great idea. Anything that you know that I I actually over the years that that Canada Russia series grown on me. You know, at the start I was like ah, I don't know about this, and uh, I don't see the value. But you know, I as I, it's become an important tool for picking the Canadian World Junior Team, and you know, it's a bit of a you know, without any All Star games anymore, it's it's a bit of a you know, a, a nice little uh, treat in November there, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's hard to see it go. It's obviously understandable why in the, in the geopolitical aspect of the world, and uh, you know. I think it's a, I think it'd be if you could pull it off. That the problem with all the different hockey federations would be, it'd be it'd be tough. But I always I always suggested when they were playing the Russians that it would be amazing to play the Americans. But you know that there would be have to be intense negotiations because of the college and the, and, you know, and the OHL and the junior hockey and that sort of thing. But I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them play the Americans uh, in a series, and uh, you know, it'd be great to yeah to, to for the Steklovs and all that to have a. To have a, a European team, maybe you can have a little three three team tournament or something like that in the middle of the year. I, I don't, you know, I watch enough of this soccer now that, you know, I'm, I'm not. I used to think just play the season and get the playoffs going and have something World Juniors in the middle. But maybe it'd be it'd be kind of cool to have one of these little tournaments and uh, maybe we call it the Flaming Cup or something like that. <laughs> the Pipeline Show Cup, sure. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. I'd play the Americans with the international guys, so it's one team. But like Liam Gilmartin can play because he's American, and Strangis can play. Yeah. Make a team out of the, all the the non-Canadians. Put it that way that are in the OHL to play against the the, the two games against the Team Canada. I don't know. To me, it's an easy. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I think you'd sell a few tickets to it. There you go. All right, Ryan. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Thanks for doing this. Where do people uh, uh, read your stuff and what's in the hopper for you at the, at the Free Press? Yeah, lfpress.com. I. Uh... I try to work every day, and uh, you know sometimes that blows up in my face. But yeah, lfpress.com, and if anybody wants to see, send me an email, it's rpyat at postmedia.com, and I always love to talk about junior hockey because uh, that's that's my passion, just like I know it is for you, and uh, and it's great to see everybody back on the ice again this year. That's the big thing. That was Ryan Payette from the London Free Press with an update on uh, the. Ontario Hockey League's uh, Western Conference. Ne- next time we have an OHL guest, we definitely got to do the Eastern Conference because uh, not long ago we had Mike Farwell, voice of the Kitchener Rangers, on, and now uh, with uh, Ryan covering off uh, the London Knights. It's definitely time for the Eastern Conference, and you know maybe it'll be a 2022 draft spotlight or something like that. We got the uh, top prospect game coming up. Maybe next week's a good time to get an Ontario Hockey League Eastern Conference player who will be uh, playing in that game. We'll see. Something like that can come together. And uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter, at TPS underscore Guy. Maybe you uh, want to react to my idea about the CHL uh, Canada-Russia series uh, being changed to the CHL's Canada International series. Just It makes too much sense to me, but uh, let's get your reaction. At TPS underscore Guy. You can also sign up to be a patron at patreon.com slash show couple of bucks a month is all it costs, and even less if you sign up for an annual package. You can get early access to all the interviews that you heard on this week's episode of the program. 
couple of these I did like Monday, Tuesday, so they've been available for patrons for like three or four days already. Also next week, we'll have to have some uh, reaction to uh, the NCAA playoffs. Conference playoffs well underway, and we'll be into the uh, second or third round uh, in those after this weekend's play. So we'll have some ramifications. There are already a, a handful of uh, college players who have uh, signed pro contracts and uh, have moved on as teams get knocked off and uh, won't qualify for the national tournament. We'll see more and more of that, so we'll keep our eye on that for sure. But maybe we'll have to get a college hockey guest on. It's been a while since we had someone from the USHL or the NAHL, so we might do that. AJHL playoffs underway. Always keeping tabs on the the Q and the WHL. So much that we're going to be talking about uh, over the next number of months, as we do every week here on the program. It's what you've come to know and what you've come to expect from the Pipeline Show. Well, that does it for this week. So until next week, everybody, I hope you have a chance to get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week right here on the Pipeline Show. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. My name's Keith Flaming. See ya. See ya.